Welcome to Cars Yeah, show number 167. It is not so much of a thing, more like of the Prussian mantra that was always work and you will succeed. This is Cars Yeah, where you'll enjoy interviews with inspiring automotive enthusiasts. Mark Green is here to provide you with a fuel injection of automotive inspiration. So get in, sit down, buckle up, and get ready for a wild ride here on Cars Yeah! Have you turned your key and heard that dreaded tick, 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 tick because of a dead battery? No worries. I've got the NOCO Genius Boost Jump Starter. This compact tool fits in your glove box and features rechargeable lithium battery technology that will start a dead battery in your car, boat, truck, or RV. It packs a whopping 12-volt, 400-amp starting power and can start up to 20 dead batteries on a single charge. Plus, it has built-in spark-proof technology with reverse polarity protection to safely jumpstart your vehicle. The compact, ergonomically designed clamps are solid copper for maximum conductivity, and there's a built-in ultra-bright dual LED flashlight with seven modes, including an SOS emergency strobe. It's easily rechargeable with a USB outlet, and you can charge your smartphone or tablet while you're on the road. Works on any 12-volt lead-acid battery. The Genius Boost from NOCO is the ultimate emergency tool that's safe and easy to use. Quality design, state-of-the-art technology from NOCO, your battery care source since 1914. Get yours at GeniusChargers.com. Hello, automotive enthusiasts. Today I'm so excited to introduce a very special guest, Stefan Schleiching. Thank you. Stefan, are you buckled up and ready for a fun ride? I'm ready to go where we go. All right. Well, it's great to have you here. Stefan owns GTS Classics in Austin, Texas, a company that makes the finest seats for classic cars. His family history around cars is very extensive, and Stefan has restored, raced, and rallied classic cars, including the Porsche 356, 914-6, the 911, Lotus, Devon, TVRs, Sunbeam, Tigers, and Mini Coopers. GTS Classics has an extensive model range of classic car seats for touring or racing cars, and they can be customized to suit your desires for your classic car, hot rods, resto mods, race cars, or rally cars. His latest project, besides new seat models in his line, is a 908 kit car, which sounds like fun. It'll be the road-going street legal brother of Steve McQueen's race car. Sounds fantastic. So, Stefan, I've told your listeners just a little bit about you. Would you take a moment and share some more about your history, your career, your interests, and, of course, your passion for automobiles? Thank you, Mark. Well, it is, of course, in two continents because I uh, was born and raised in Germany, Prussian parents, so to speak, and uh, my granddad started the business uh, in 1920. And he was actually an airplane mechanic uh, during the First World War. Mm -hmm. And he built up the business. My dad, who was then a tank and truck mechanic in the Second World War, so there we go with that theme, Yes, um, came later into the business. And they created the Volkswagen dealerships uh, together with the Porsche. And later we had Audi. And I grew up as the last child of my parents. Uh, we were three. And um, I was a little bit the, the odd one out. My brother was 
so to speak, the crown prince, as it was in old families always. Mm -hmm. The oldest brother was the one who would inherit uh, the family business. I see. So I was kind of um, a little bit on my own, which is good, uh, even today. Um, that has uh, somehow uh, challenged me and given me the right direction, uh, which was not always easy for partners around me. When I came to the States, that's when I started to do strictly uh, car seats. Before that, I was in the car business selling just the average Audis, Volkswagen, Porsches, Mm -hmm. uh, the introductions of the Turbo, the Quattros, which I really thoroughly enjoyed. Yes. And um, But beside that, I always had my own cars, and they were of all kinds of different makes, just what kept, uh, kept, was catching my eye. Mm -hmm. And I restored them and started to race and rally with them. Great. Because um, like in the family, there was no support for any kind of motorsport. Mm. That was not done. Mm -hmm. So I had to find uh, that for myself where I could live it out. <laughs> and uh, I did it a little bit. And how long has, have you had GTS Classics? How long has the business been in existence? Um, this exact business uh, since 2003. Three. Okay, great. Well, yeah. Yeah. as I mentioned when we spoke in our pre-show chat, I've known about your business for a long time. I've seen the seats that you and your team make, and they are absolutely fabulous. So the quality, Thank you. the, the Thank materials, you. yes, it's a classic German in my mind because I'm a German car fan from way, way back. So marvelous job. As we continue on your journey, I always like to start with a success quote. And this is a saying that's been instrumental in your life. Informing your success, it's a great way to get the inspirational tires turning here on Cars, yeah? So, Stefan, take the wheel. Well, it is not so much of a saying, more like of the Prussian mantra that was always work and you will succeed. Mm. Customers first and uh, then uh, the rest will follow. I try to live the life I have imagined, and uh, not to forget the people that share with me that journey or uh, were help along the way. Yes. So I keep those ties always open, and I try always to uh, reach out a helping hand if somebody oh. is in need oh. in that way. Wonderful. Fantastic. Will you share with me a story that instigated your passion for cars? Would you tell me about that pivotal moment in your life as you remember it when you really knew you were a car guy? Well, I must have been 14, actually. Uh, and I had to think about that, actually. <laughs> because, again, I was free-floating, not very focused. And we had a sales guy who was very much into racing. And he took me to the Nürburgring in 1970. And uh, he was driving a formal sow that he could afford, basically. Mm -hmm. And so I saw there, hands-on, um, probably I was bored at the time, how to maintain the cars, how to repair them after a practice run, how to crucial time was, detailed. But I also had the 
the moments there when I was standing on the old grandstand of the Nürburgring, which were built in wood, mm-hmm. uh, of the like the Can-Am cars. Oh, wow. And when you have those Can-Am cars going the straight ways down on the Nürburgring in that uh, covered uh, grandstand, it has never left me because like the, the, the wood was vibrating uh, <laughs> of the sheer engine volume. So yes. that was amazing. And uh, basically all these cars that were there are still the cars that are with me today. I have to say that. Oh, fantastic. That was basically, I think, the moment from which motorcycles were not my favorite anymore and where I uh, always were looking at cars. Oh, fantastic. I had a similar experience the first time I went to a Formula One race back when the engines were loud and sounded great. And when those cars first went by down that straightaway, this was at Indianapolis when they were racing there. It just vibrated everything down to the core of your bones. So, <laughs> yeah, it, is, it never leaves you again. You're right. You're right. Fantastic. And Can Am cars. Oh my gosh. Massive power. Those are fantastic. So, Stefan, what I would like to do now is take a look at some of the roads you've driven down and crawl out under the hood a bit and ask you to share with us a huge challenge or even a great failure that you've faced in your career or your life. But the most important part of this question has to do with how you overcame that situation and what you learned from it. Well, basically, that was still in Germany. And uh, we had that dealership of four different dealerships mm-hmm. throughout the country. And there was a critical moment when my mom was trying to step down and I was taking the helm. And we were uh, like in a dispute with Audi mm. about a presentation that they wanted us to do. And then when we did it, they did, we didn't do it as they had completely orchestrated it. I see. And in the, in the wake of it, the factory Audi came down to my mom uh, to say, okay, um, we don't would support the idea that Stefan would be the alone responsible person in mm. the company. Mm. He has to sign with somebody else. And my mom chose not to back me, but to put me in charge together with an employee oh, of wow. our own company. Okay. And that was a little bit of a pivotal moment when I basically, you know, when, when you have your own, when you resign from yes. something, yes. you say, okay, no, you get yourself a distance of it. Yes. And it didn't take long from then that my mom finally sold the company. And uh, I went into advertising, always had my cars at the site, was selling, buying, restoring cars. And I... My point out of it is that I want my children to do what they want. I back them. If they are happy to be a janitor and they are happy with it, so be it. Yes. If they want to be a doctor, okay. Yes. You know, it is their lives. Yes. And we have to give support to our children that we made, so to speak. And uh, the same I do with my wife and our children now here in the States. Wow. They have my full support. And uh, I think uh, that is, you know, if we make children, 
that's a choice we have to do. Yes. Well, thank you for sharing that very personal story with me. Very powerful, and I'm sure at the time extremely emotional, and the greatest thing is what you learned from that and how you're proceeding with your family, which sounds like a great direction. Stefan, let's shift gears here and go to the other end of the spectrum, and I'd ask you to share a story when you had a real aha moment in your career yeah. or your business, <laughs> and and tell us yeah. a little bit about the steps you took to turn your aha moment into your success. Well, again, it's a family story. Hmm? When I came to the States, I did it out of love. I married uh, the girl that was living in Vegas, and I didn't have really a plan what to do here in the States mm-hmm. when I came. I bought a Porsche, I restored it, and then when I came to the seat, I said, I'm not putting these seats in here. I'm not. So I called the guy where I had gotten my seats in Germany and says, hey, you know, can I get some seats from you? He said, sure. He says, where are you now? He said, I'm in Vegas. And oh, he says, we get so many inquiries from the States, but they never pan out because of the currency, of customs, shipping. Oh, the and cost, the, sure. The language, uh, and the language barrier. Oh, okay. So I said, yeah, yeah. So he said, we have, we have so many inquiries. I said, yeah, okay. So will you send me my seat? He said, yeah, sure, sure, sure. So I hang up, and my wife is fluent in six languages. Wow. So she, hear, she heard part of the, of the conversation, and she says, so what was it all about? And I told her that briefly, and she just looked at me and says, you are crazy. <laughs> I said, why? She says, there's a guy who has a product. There is a market that is not being uh, distributed properly with. Yes. And there is a guy who is a car nut who knows about all these cars <laughs> in detail. Don't you can connect the dots? Yes, she saw the whole picture that you weren't quite seeing yet. And that is probably also very German. We don't see opportunities. And an American sees it far better. Oh, wow. Okay. So um, I had to wait a few days to keep uh, keep my face, as a, a Japanese would say. <laughs> and then I called the guy back and said, hey, what about if I sell your seats here? So, and that's how I started with two models. Then I designed more models. And finally, because of the demand and of the shipping and all that, uh, started to make completely our own seats here. Wow, what a fantastic story. I love that. That is so great. You found your love in Vegas, and she was able to point you in the direction of your passion and your career. Fantastic. That's great. How about proudest moments? I'm sure you've had many in your life, but is there one that stands out that really special in your business or your career as as a proudest moment for you? Well, you know, like as a personal, it must have been, you know, winning a class in uh, a winter rally Mm -hmm. in Italy, uh, going from Monte Carlo to uh, Cespier. The other uh, would have been when I first came to the Ventura show in California oh, yes. with, my, with my seats and presented myself to that market, mm-hmm. to that clientele, and to the challenge that was awaiting me, I really cherished that and the connections that I had made there are still alive today. 
So I think that was one of the, uh, the best moments, I would say. Oh, yeah. fantastic. Besides, besides our marriage, of course. <laughs> <laughs> of course. <laughs> you don't you want to forget that. No, you want to mention that. What year was that that you were at the Ventura show? That must have been in 2003 or four. You know, I'm, I am almost certain I was at that show because I think that's when I first saw what you were doing. And uh, I love that show because of just, you know, there's so many cool things to see there. But I am pretty sure that I saw you that, it might have been the second year you were there, but uh, I think that's how I was first introduced to your line of seats. So that's fantastic. Let's have a little bit of fun here. What was your first really special car? It doesn't have to be your first car, but the one that was really special. And if you would share a memory with us that you had with that vehicle. Okay, again, I have to share two. Okay, oh, that's I'm okay. Sorry. That's okay. <laughs> I love to hear about cars, so go ahead. So the first one was a 914 6GT. Oh, which wow. was the original car from the 86 hour Marathon de la Route at the Nürburgring. Wow. And we had that car there to our 50th uh, anniversary of our company. And that race driver that I mentioned earlier, he took that car out and we drove somewhere where not many people live. And I was able to drive that car myself. Nice. And in 1970, um, I was 14. Oh my gosh. <laughs> So, and I drove a factory race car, so uh, let's not mention that for the factory. <laughs> no, they're not listening right now anyway, so don't worry about that. Exactly. <laughs> so, the second one uh, was a car that I bought on a, a suggestion from a friend, and I restored the car in record time and drove with that car 4,000 kilometers which are like uh, roughly like 3,000 miles uh, in a race uh, through Europe. Oh my gosh. Because we had the the European version of Cannonball there. Oh, wonderful. And at that time it was, you know, all uh, enthusiasts and not that many rich guys. And that was a Lotus Super 7. Oh, cool. (laughs) And when I came to the starting grid, most people had that that would uh, position the car not further than uh, 200 kilometers uh, further south. Mm-hmm. And I made it all the way to south of Spain from the north of Denmark and back. Wow, what an adventure. Yeah. That must have, We could yeah. probably talk for hours about that drive. Yes, yes oh, definitely. Fantastic. Yeah. What fun. How about seller's remorse? Is there a vehicle that you've had that you let go that you really wish you could have back in your garage? I stumbled through my time when I was trade buying and, and selling cars. I stumbled over a customized 914-6GT, an original car. Wow. And it is so often in time, you know, you have something, but you don't have the money at the time. Oh, yes. And you need to sell it. So I sold that car to an Italian enthusiast. And he brought the car back because the car had been converted to a full convertible. So the the roll bar had been cut off. Oh, no. (laughs) Yeah, and flat nose and all that. But he brought it all back. And to my best knowledge, he is driving the car 
in historic rallies and races in Italy. Oh, wonderful. Good. So his car still lives. Oh, good. Well, those are great cars. I love those cars, especially the GT with the fender flyers. They're just so cool. Yeah. Yeah, great. How about current projects? Is there a project, and I alluded to it when I introduced you with that um, Steve McQueen copy in in a sense, but is there a a project you're working on right now that really has you excited and fired up? Well, the funny thing is I get nearly excited about uh, every seed project, you know, because every time there's something new, if the guy has a special need or uh, we just make uh, for the first time uh, this version. But uh, what really gets me going, so to speak, is my uh, 908 project that you mentioned earlier. Yes. I've been working on that car now since I moved to Texas, and it's now in the final stages. There were just so many challenges along the way that interrupted the continuous work. Mm Mm-hmm. But uh, I'm now getting a complete building to start finishing the car because the last piece that I have to make now is from the body to make the connections to the stock 914 body okay. chassis. I see. So that can be assembled by another enthusiast. Mm. And that would make it a true uh, uh, kid car that mm-hmm. I can sell. I see. And that's uh, yeah, that is my my uh, my my laugh uh, theme, so to speak. Oh, at the moment. fantastic! What a great! I can't wait to see that when it's finished. Now, this next question for you, Stefan, is very interesting because it has to do with how you view yourself. And the question is this: If Stefan was a car, what kind of car would he be, and why? I would be an Audi Quattro Sport. Ooh, okay. And why is that? Well, it is not the prettiest car, which I cannot say of myself. You know, we have all <laughs> aged. Yes. Uh, but it defines, um, especially w- when it started coming out, it defined the logic of uh, physics a little bit. Yes. It was always a very little bit odd out. Mm-hmm. You know, it was not a mainstream car. The abilities that are within this car are... Only by uh, only explored by a very few, because the the uh, the rules of physics are pushed far with that car. Mm. So that's what I, what I would like to be fantastic. if I would be a car. <laughs> fantastic! I was watching the RM auctions down in Scottsdale last night, uh, live streaming, and they had an Audi Quattro, fantastic car mm-hmm. that went across the block. Yeah, those were iconic cars at the time. They still remain to be so. Very interesting choice. I love that. So, Stefan, next up is the last lap. But before we put the pedal to the metal, here's a little something for the Cars Yeah listeners. Do you love vintage cars? Then go to CarsYeah.com and get a free copy of the fantastic Filler Up book. It's a full-color ebook filled with fuel filler fun with over 60 color photographs of vintage cars plus inspirational quotes from some of the most famous automotive enthusiasts of all time. Simply go to CarsYad.com and click on the free book button on the homepage. Download your free filler-up book today at Cars Yeah. All right, Stefan, we're back and we're entering the last lap. And this is where I'm going to fire off a series of questions. And I'd like you to give our listeners some very quick blips of the throttle answers. So are you ready? Yeah. All right. What is the best 
automotive advice you've ever received? Well, it was also from my granddad, so to speak. Mm -hmm. He said, the first sale is optional. The second one is based on the service, quality, and detail. Oh, fantastic. Taking care of the customers so they come back. Yes. Fantastic. Would you share one of your personal habits that you believe has contributed to your success? Well, it stands a little bit in the way, in the way of my success because I'm too detail-oriented. Mm. And when you're that, uh, you don't have really the money in focus. And so for me, nearly every seat that leaves me, that, that we pack, I always find something wrong with it. Oh. And I would like to take it out and redo it. Uh. And uh, so I'm, in some, in some cases, too far detail-oriented. I always regret, uh, oh, I should have done this or should have done that. So nothing is ever finished, in my view. Yes, yes, I understand the feeling, but you know, that's what makes your product so great, and that's why it is so great. So Thank you. Thank great. You. Yes. Fine. Oh, sure. And how about resources? Is I know there's so many these days with the websites and so forth, but is there one in particular that you would share with the Cars Yeah listeners that you're really fond of, maybe a website or a blog that you receive? Honestly, I cannot say that uh, uh, I can refer to any. I mean, I take my inspiration out of the old designs mm. and the new designs mm -hmm. and out of simply suggestions from customers. Ah, I see. Years back, I uh, sold seats to a guy who he was a, a chiropractor in um, New York. And he says, Stefan, um, you know, I love the seats and everything, but, you know, the foam of the headrest, that I would make it stiffer. Oh. So, you know, that's where it comes in, and that's how I try to make it better. Yes. So that is my resource, uh, my customers, and uh, the people I, I talk to. Well, I love that you said that because it is so important in running any kind of business that you listen to your customers because they will point you in the right direction almost every time. How about books? Is there one book in particular that you'd like to share with our listeners? Well, also, two-sided question, uh, or answer, so to speak. Mm -hmm. If you're just going for success and everything, you know, Tony Robbins would be uh, the book. The money master of the game. Ah. Uh, having said that, I'm reading very much of, of historical uh, books like Napoleon, uh, Peter the Great, because they all overcame challenges and they had a vision uh, what yes. their country would have been. A book that I always go back to is A French Kiss with Death. Ah, uh, yes. Wonderful book. So, yes. That is uh, nearly always on my desk, and I always have to go through it and, and just uh, recapture the moment. Yes, fantastic book for sure. Well, listeners, you can find links to all of these great resources that Stefan has shared with us at carsyad.com slash Stefan Schleising. And his last name is S-C-H-L-E-I-S-S-I-N-G. All right, Stefan, we're up to the checkered flag, and you've raced many times. You know what that means. The end is close. This last question is a real doozy for most people. If you could have one 
collector car in your garage, and only one, but money is no object. Today I'll buy you whatever you'd like. What would that one vehicle be and why? I think a 904 six-cylinder. Ooh, yes. And the reason, besides that it's rare, but it's also been reproduced, but um, the original was, for me, the incarnation of Porsche, you know, a sports car, uh, just purely made for the use with uh, that box uh, chassis and the fiberglass body. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was also designed by by Bootsy completely yes. as the last car, so to speak, from Porsche hands designed. Mm-hmm. And the lines are just still current today. So that would be a car I would um, love to have. And I don't think it would leave the, the garage. <laughs> Wonderful. Well, I hope you would take it out and drive it once in a while, but that's a great choice. Those are absolutely fantastic cars. Well, Stefan, you've taken me on a great ride today, as I knew you would, and I've really enjoyed your stories. And I want to thank you for sharing your journey with the Cars Yow listeners and with me. Would you please give us one parting piece of guidance before you drive off down the road in that Porsche 904? Well, I only can say what is so important by people come to me, you know, in most cars, you have the wrong seat and you don't can enjoy the ride into the sunset. <laughs> so uh, that's where we come in. And I always treat the customers that you always see them twice or three times maybe in life. So that's the way I, I try to, to uh, go with my customers about. Oh, fantastic. And the great thing about what you do is You can put a set of the GTS Classic seats in your car and take the originals out, put them in a bag and save them if you want to keep the originality, but enjoy the car more with the right seat, the more comfortable seat. And when you go to sell it, take those out, put the old ones back in, and no harm, no foul. I think that's fantastic. Yeah, that's what I always uh, tell my customers. Yes, save the originals, save the originals. Yes, and what's the best way for the Cars Yow listeners to learn more about you and your company? Basically, just give me a call, ask me, or tell me what your problem is in the car or what your project is, and uh, we are happy to make suggestions, uh, send you pictures, and uh, be of any assistance uh, in whichever way we can. And you have a website as well, correct? Yes, classiccarseats.com. All right, great. Well, listeners, you can find links to everything on Stefan's show notes page at carsyad.com. Just type Stefan, S-T-E-F-A-N, into the search box, and his show notes page will pop up with all these links. And I encourage you to go to his website and check out these magnificent seats that he and his team produce. They are absolutely fantastic. Thank you, Mark. Thank you, Mark. You're welcome. You're welcome. And thank you for being so generous with your time and your expertise and for sharing your life and your experiences with me today. It's been great fun, a great journey. Until we talk again, I'll see you down the road. Mark, same to you. Always good miles under your wheels. And I hope uh, your listeners have enjoyed it. And uh, thank you for contacting us. We appreciate it very much. Auf Wiedersehen. Auf Wiedersehen. Thank you so much for joining us on today's ride here at Cars Yeah. Drive on over to CarsYeah.com to find show notes and inspiring automotive fun. Download your free copy of Filler Up, 
a fun book filled with gorgeous photographs of fuel filler fun, including quotes from more inspiring automotive enthusiasts. Download your copy today, and we'll see you next time on Cars Yeah!